Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Town of Portland podcast. We are live here in the Town Tech Educational Podcast Studio at Portland High School, and I'm your host, Dave Kosminski, and with us in the studio is our first select woman, Ms. Susan Bransfield, and on the line uh, from the Chatham Health District, our health director, Mr. Russ Melmond, and also on the line, uh, our uh, public works director slash fire chief, Mr. Robert Shea, and welcome all, good morning, and uh, good to see hear you all. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, without any further ado, uh, Susan, why don't you take it away, and uh, we'll we'll get this uh, this episode uh, rolling here. Oh, thank you, Dave. Good good day, everyone. Um, I would like to give a brief update on some happenings within our town. Uh, the library continues to be open to the public, and I got a report this morning. Things are going very well. There is still the ability for patrons to have curbside service. And I understand everyone is doing very well and very appreciative of the work our library staff are doing. Uh, At Town Hall, we have also opened the Town Hall, and we have a reception desk right as you enter at the back of Town Hall near the Veterans Memorial. That's been going very well. Employees are taking our shifts and getting to help everyone with whatever needs they may have as they enter town hall. We are available at any time during working hours for appointments and to assist you with any questions you may have, please call the town hall, send us an email. Also take a look at our website. Uh, There's a great new video that the town tech team did with our town clerk, Ryan Curley. It's really very well done. And Ryan explains very simply, if you choose how to obtain an absentee ballot. And the application process is very simple. Go to our website, www.portlandct.org. Take a look at the video. Um, He reports to me so far, and today is the 24th of September, he's gotten 1,300 applications for absentee ballots in the town of Portland. And in the last presidential election, there was a little over 500 total absentee applications. So the town clerk's office is very busy. Uh, It's very capable staff and they're keeping up with the volume and really doing a great job at answering many questions that residents have. Uh, The last report I wanted to give is a brief update on the Brownfields project that we have on Brownstone Avenue. The Brownfields focus group met last night and they were presented with a report from Ty and Bond, who is doing the work for us on improving that site. As you'll recall, it's just a little over a year ago that the town, by a vote, a town meeting, determined that we would purchase this property and proceed with cleaning it up right along the Connecticut River across from our brownstone quarries. In general, we are on schedule with the Ty and Bond project. Uh, they are completing information data gathering that they are required to do in order to prepare the remedial action plan. They call it the RAP, um, which will go to the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection. Hopefully, the uh, RAP will be sent to the environmental folks on November 2nd, on or about that date. And we are having the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection coming down 
the beginning of October, they're coming down and they're going to review the property as well as the key elements of the remedial action plan. We look forward to getting that approved and then from there going out to bid to get a company to come in and do the actual cleanup of the property. Once that's done, then the next step would be to refocus and take a look at what the plans are for the redevelopment of that property. And we'll be looking forward to that uh, once the cleanup is completed, which is estimated to be just about a year from November. November of 2021 is uh, the approximate time that the contractor, once awarded, would finish their work. So that's just a brief update on some things happening, Dave. And uh, as always, anybody has any questions, give me a call at the office or send me an email. Yes. Awesome, Susan. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I think everybody taking uh, taking turns down at the reception desk, uh, <laughs> where they're, they're building up their resume if they want to be a Walmart greeter. Well, you know, you never know, Dave. There's always opportunities out there. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's really getting us out from behind the desk and seeing one another, um, because we are all very careful with this COVID-19 in terms of not gathering for long periods of time, it's a nice opportunity for us to get to know each other and to certainly help and make sure that we're providing the service that our customers have become accustomed to. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, socially uh, distancing is, uh, you know, is is the buzzword right now. And, um, you know, Russ, I, you know, before you take take over, I, we had uh, your Chatham Health team, which was uh, did a socially distancing meeting down at the Riverfront Park, and I was going down to check on something, and they were uh, all in a big powwow down there, socially distanced, and uh, doing their uh, updates and their Chatham Health meetings. So, uh, yeah. Had, uh, I, I recommended they go down there because a it's it's uh, you know newly redone and I thought it would be a nice place for them to go and, and check out and again like you said socially distanced staff meetings uh, outdoors and on a beautiful day in a beautiful park uh, what can be better absolutely absolutely sunshine blue sky you know exactly so anyway what uh, uh, what's happening at uh, Chatham Health District <clears throat> okay so um go just quickly as I usually do with the COVID nineteen update. Um, we're starting to see locally and across the state um, some uptick in the number of new cases. Um, we were, for much of the summer, really from June and, until through most of August, we were down uh, with a case rate locally in our district of below one per 100,000, which meant there were many days, one day, two day, three days, in some cases we would get no new cases. Um, we've seen an uptick and we're, we're hovering you know, between two and three cases per 100,000 now in the district um, on a seven-day rolling average, which is how we look at things so that, um, you know, we can flatten out some of those one-day spikes. You know, you have one family that tests positive, um, and it can look very dramatic. Um, so we use rolling averages to, to give us a better sense for trajectories and patterns. Um, but we are seeing an uptick. Uh, what we are seeing largely across the state, and it's similar here, are trending younger cases. Um, uh, not young, but younger. Um, young adults, um, people in their, in their 20s um, and 30s are, are more common now certainly than they were in March, April, and May. Um, and uh, so th that's a, a new pattern. Um, we have been seeing older adults uh, were the ones who are getting sick, and now we're seeing younger adults, um, the ones who are get, um, getting sick. And that's uh, largely due to, I believe, two factors. One is um, towards the end of the summer, a lot of people coming back from end of end of the summer vacations with families or on their own, and then before going back to college, two things happen. One, 
those young adults decided to have social gatherings before going back to college, so getting together with their friends in, um, from a COVID-19 perspective, an unsafe way. So large groups, no masks, no social distancing. Um, and uh, those folks, those young adults, brought those infections very efficiently back to their homes, to their families. And so we're seeing those little those family clusters occurring. Um, in, in the past, again, it was older adults bringing those into their, into their family units. Now it's the younger adults bringing them into their family units. So household contact is still that the highest risk is if you're living with somebody who has COVID-19, um, you're, you're much more likely to get it than in any other setting. But um, we are seeing that it's troubling. It's not alarming. I don't want to say it's alarming. We're not alarmed. We still are in a very good place relative to much of the rest of the country. And even in the county and in Portland, we're doing better than other parts of the state. Hmm. Right now, Wyndham and Tallinn counties are having a tough time because of the University of Connecticut. Um, you know, we're, we're not in that position. So... Um, again, I'm not alarmed, but I do want to remind everybody that the virus did not go away, um, and the, the, the things, the way that we behave, even when we like to think that we're around people we love and care about and are comfortable with, um, just because you love somebody, care about them, and, and know they're a good person doesn't mean that they weren't hanging out with somebody with COVID-19 and didn't bring it with them sure. into your activity. So wear a mask, stay six feet apart from others. Especially, It's especially important as we all start to come indoors more now. Sure. You know, whereas right. when you, when these students are getting together and so forth and bringing you home, uh, primarily are, uh, in, in your experience, were they asymptomatic or? Uh... Mildly symptomatic okay. um, is, is more common. So, you know, typically people aren't getting tested unless they become ill. And so um, even when they're mildly ill, we're recommending that people get tested. Or if they know they came into contact with somebody with COVID-19, we recommend they get tested. In most of these circumstances, the young adults are mildly symptomatic. Um, but there are some circumstances we're seeing in those family units where parents or older adults that live with them are getting very sick. So we haven't seen, with the uptick we've seen locally and around the state, we haven't seen the um, number of hospitalizations and thankfully the number of fatalities um, follow suit very closely. But in other parts of the country, there's been a few-week lag between some of the surges we've seen elsewhere in cases and what we see later on with hospitalizations and fatalities. So I don't think... Um, we're out of the woods in this circumstance. I think we may just be seeing a lag that we've seen elsewhere behind. But um, yeah, mostly young adults, you know, they are less severely affected. Um, and if they are severely affected, it certainly happens less often. So mm-hmm. we are seeing more mild illness in those young adults, which which is good. It's good for them. We don't want anybody to get very sick. But, you know, those folks don't live in a vacuum. They live in homes and sure. other places um, with other people who may be more uh, vulnerable to the, the, the more severe consequences of COVID. So um, please, everybody, be careful out there. Um, as you go back to school, in, in particular, we, we want to make sure that all our students and staff are safe in schools. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're working with the schools to make sure that message gets out to students. And largely, since I'm talking about schools, we've had some good success locally with our schools. We haven't seen a lot of cases. Uh, most of the cases we've seen have um, not been in school at the time when they were capable of spreading their infection. So I think we've been fortunate, A, that we don't have many cases and that the few that we've seen um, have largely sort of missed that, uh, in terms of transmission, that sweet spot where somebody's capable of transmitting. People have been either in a hybrid model, which Portland has been in, um, and we've been lucky that the few cases we've seen, they've gotten sick when they weren't supposed to be in school anyway because they were a students, you know, in the Monday Tuesday group, and they were, they, you know, they became sick late, late in the week, or or the opposite. Um, so 
So I think if you're if you're keeping score, you know, hybrid has successfully sort of kept cases um, from, from coming into school, but it's not going to last. Whether schools are all in or hybrid, we're going to see cases come in to schools, and the few few cases that we have seen, thankfully, we haven't seen clusters of secondary cases. So right. we've not seen cases come into school and seen outbreaks as a result. So mm-hmm. um, we haven't seen enough of that for me to say that you know, all the mitigation strategies that schools are employing right now are working 100%. We just, it's too early to tell from my perspective. I want to give us another few weeks of being in school um, and, and seeing the data come back to know. But so far, I can't say that it has not been so good. It's been so far so good. Um, right. We've been, the teachers and the staff and the students have been doing a really good job of mitigating the risks of clusters of out, or outbreaks in schools. So um, I think we're we're doing well, but we're working with the schools and keeping an eye on things. Sure. Now, we had our, Dr. Britton did his uh, school podcast last week, and uh, he was fairly pleased uh, as far as that. And I think most school systems are looking at that um, Columbus Day weekend as a kind of a benchmark, whether to either reopen or uh, stay hybrid or whatever. That's right, yeah. Some some have, have said that, that after Columbus Day weekend is the benchmark, um, and uh, or decision-making point, or the day, you know, at which they're going to go all in or not. But um, I think that the school districts, and we're working with every single one of our school districts, and Portland is no exception, um, Charles Britton has emphasized that he wants to make this a an inclusive process, decision-making process with staff and, 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 and parents and others. And he also has emphasized that he wants us to be a data-driven process. So he's collecting as much data as he can. Some of the data he's getting from, from my office about cases and case rates, um, in fact, you know, uh, test positivity rates and trajectories and things like that. And he's also collecting data using surveys of his staff and families. So I think um, Portland is taking the right approach in, in, A, not rushing, and B, making sure that they um, include everybody in the discussion and, and are deliberate in their approach so that they make the best informed decision possible for students and families. Sure, sure. Now, um, are, are you advising towns on, you know, as far as uh, I know, uh, Susan, uh, here in town, is we've uh, opted to uh, uh, cancel our Halloween on Main Street and our, our veterans dinner and so forth. And, uh, you know, are there towns uh, primarily following suit in that respect? Um, some, not every town has sort of jumped to make those decisions at this point. The CDC did earlier this week post some guidelines for Halloween celebrations in which they uh, categorize the different types of activities that people can engage in as low risk, moderate risk, and high risk. And um, unfortunately, the CDC did indicate that normal door-to-door trick-or-treating is a high-risk activity, as are the sort of normal trick-or-trunk events where you have crowds of people going you know, car-to-car looking at the decorations and then getting candy. They have indicated those are high-risk types of activities. And you can't imagine, you know, um, hordes of, of children knocking on doors and coming face-to-face with, with all those homeowners and, in worst-case scenario, all those homeowners sticking out a bowl of candy and letting every child dig in and grab the kind they want mm-hmm. um, as something that, that could be considered high-risk. Yeah, not a good um, Chatham Health District hasn't made any formal recommendations about um, you know, canceling those kinds of activities, um, and I'm not sure... Uh, what every town has done or if every town has made made their intentions known yet. But we'll certainly work with all our towns to, to, if they want our input on making those decisions. Um, I think it would be difficult for towns to sort of ban door-to-door trick-or-treating, but they can certainly, if they wanted to, make that statement and say, you know, we discourage 
residents from engaging that behavior. But sure. um, it's uh, it's something to think about, um, and, and we've got some time before we have to make those decisions, but uh, we'll, we're working with our towns on that. That's great, great. Um, I think our, our fatality rates are, are in check, correct, in, 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 in the district? Yeah, and really around the state. You know, even though we've seen an uptick in the number of cases, we've not seen a surge in fatalities or a surge in hospitalizations. At the state level, they have seen a small increase in hospitalizations, um, but, but the number of, of fatalities and the number of hospitalized patients across the state in terms of hospitalizations is just fewer than 100. I think they're in the 70s. Um, and, I mean, if you think back to March and April, we were seeing hundreds of people in the hospital, um, more than 1,000 at one point, I believe, on one particular day. So the fact that we're below 100 statewide right now tells the picture of sort of where we were and where we've gotten to. Um, but right now we're, we're doing okay. Like I said, we're, we're seeing younger people get sick right now, and they're less likely to end up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it makes sense to me. I am a little bit worried about, like I said, those young people bringing it home to more vulnerable older adults or people with other health conditions. Um, and we could be just waiting in this lag period between a small increase in infections and what we may see will be a small increase in hospitalizations and fatalities. But that's really uncertain. We don't know yet. Sure, sure. Now, in relation to the hospitals, Russ, have most hospitals now resumed their uh, elective surgeries and so forth? And uh, I, th- I think most doctor's offices uh, are, are kind of transitioning slow back from the telemeds. Uh, yes, they have mo- I mean, doctor's offices are open as are dentist offices. Um, I think the PPE issue was the, the primary concern for many of those uh, primary care and dentist offices. I think they've established or reestablished reasonable um, supply chains for those uh, that personal protective equipment. Um, many hospitals have resumed elective surgeries, but I don't think they're seeing the numbers um, that they would have uh, seen if we weren't dealing with COVID. I think there's still a, a number of people out there who are saying, yeah, I know that I can do this, but I still don't feel comfortable going into the hospital. So right. even though they have resumed doing those, um, they're not seeing the numbers um, uh, come up quite quite so suddenly. So, um, right. But uh, yes, I think it's sort of more normal operations for most of our healthcare sector at this point. Sure. Great. All right, Russ, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention or before I move on to Bob here? Uh, well, you know, it's flu season, and Chatham Health District has just put yesterday out our, our flu vaccination clinic. Um, so we're doing a number of public clinics, fewer than we did last year, because all our public clinics this year are going to be outdoors um, to minimize the risk of COVID-19 transmission to make people comfortable coming to our flu clinic. So we identified locations that have sort of um, permanent covered structures, uh, in which we can set up and do those flu vaccinations so that if there's a little bit of inclement weather, we don't have to cancel the clinic. So um, so we are going to be doing those. One of them that I'm, I'm excited to see how it, how we operate it is, um, is at the Grandview uh, Village area and the, and, the, and the atrium. We're going to be doing a drive-through flu clinic there for those residents up there at Grandview. So you don't even have to get out of your car. You're going to come and come under the little portico at the atrium, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a vaccinator come up to you and and give you your shot right through your car window. So um, I think that's um, one way that we can keep people socially distanced by keeping them in the car, right? So we're going we're gonna to be doing that in Portland um, in October. Um, so I, I encourage everybody to get their flu shots because, you know, it's going to be really helpful to know if you start with symptoms that are flu-like. If you've had your flu shot, well, then it's less likely to be flu and more likely to be something else like COVID. So I think it's important for people to get their flu shots and, 
and we'll be running those clinics throughout the month of October. Yeah, now, that's a great idea, uh, Dave, to, to have that drive-through. Um, thank you very much. I think that's going to be very well received. Is, is that going to be open to the public down there, Russ? Or It will be open to the public. Um, we are doing a special side sort of line walk down for, for, for residents of the atrium only. Mm -hmm. um, so residents of the atrium are going to be able to come down and, and walk up and get a, a shot. But mm. other residents who want great. to drive through that clinic um, just have to drive up to, to towards Grandview and, and drive up towards the atrium um, building. And they um, will be giving them instructions. We'll have people checking forms, and we'll have people queuing up. And, yes, members of the public can come through that drive-thru if they'd like. We'll have to post that on the website, Dave, on the town website Absolutely. with a special uh, special banner so people will know. Sure. If uh, or uh, if Emily or, or you can uh, just shoot me an email with the specifics, uh, uh, Russ, I can get that on our website. That would be great. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I'll send it on to you. And, and Bob, I know you're on today. I'm going to be reaching out to you to see if we can't work with Public Works for Maybe some cones and some 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 basic sort of traffic uh, th control items that we may not have at the health district, but we might find useful for a drive-through clinic. So I'm putting you on the spot, Bob. Uh, you're going to be getting a call from me asking about um, some support that you might be able to provide in that yep. regard. <clears throat> we'll take care of you. We got whatever you need for traffic, and can you always use my emergency management personnel to help assist to make sure it goes smoothly. So whatever you need, Russ. Okay, fantastic. Russ, that was an awesome segue. You know, <laughs> Bob, it's all you. <laughs> Passing it off to Bob. Thanks. It's hard to follow Russ. <laughs> it is. Um, so good afternoon, evening, morning. Yeah, close to <laughs> lunchtime almost. Um, hello, everybody. We're back. Um, just a quick uh, um, update. Um, it's some. It seems to be repetitive. Um, but we're continuing to, you know, tackle our enormous amount of brush in town. We are making very, very good headway. Um, we rented equipment again to make this process a little faster and safer for our employees, and it's worked out um, to be very uh, proactive this week especially. I think we're going to be finishing up the entire downtown area. And as you can imagine how much debris is in our country, um, in the outskirts. Uh, we're still, you know, fighting that, but we're making good progress. I'm hoping that we can finish this in the next couple weeks. We have to get back to some things that we would just have not been able to do. Uh, one of them is a little bit of roadside mowing and sight lines and some areas that, um, luck, you know, luckily or not luckily enough, uh, I guess if that's a word, uh, you know, it's been so dry. Um, you know, most of that vegetation is really just dead, but it's still there, and we like to clean it up, and we'll try to get out and do that. So we'll continue brush. I just, you know, will say that, you know, we're not going to go back um, to do brush that's been done um, over the past month or so. You know, we had a pretty strict time that we wanted brush to be out by the curbside. I know people have taken advantage of that and added much more brush doing much more than, you know, storm cleanup. But, you know, if we didn't get to your area, we certainly took care of that, which has created a lot more of our bulk um, as far as brush down at our transfer station, which is an enormous pile, um, almost bigger than what we collected all of last year, uh, which was an awful lot as well. We're going to have to mitigate that situation down there because that brush cannot stay on that property uh, longer with our permitting requirements, and we won't have any room for anything else uh, for the end of the year. So we'll be working with the board on that to try to get that ground and moved um, away before um, the middle part of the winter. Uh, we'll continue to do work, or we're trying to get out. Hopefully the weather will 
be a beautiful fall if we have one, but at least hopefully it'll be dry enough and warm enough for us to continue some of those uh, highway jobs that are so critical that we wanted to get done. We'll do as much as we can, uh, and then we'll just have to pick up and uh, make those, uh, you know, repairs that we had planned for next year. But most of our important stuff has been done. We're just trying to get around the corner of the brush so I can get crews back onto their normal schedule. The sewer department has been busy. Um, all departments have been, but you know we're hoping to to start our capital improvement project sometime uh, late this fall. Um, just equipment or, or parts, I should say, supplies, um, you know, have been delayed. But we're hoping that that's going to get pushed up. We have an important project to uh, replace our primary pumps and do some work in our screening and tanks. Um, that are over 20 years old and that need some major repairs. So we're looking forward to get that done over the winter months. Um, we've completed a lot of uh, requirement required testing of the Connecticut River this year for deep. So that took us two to three weeks of um, ongoing testing, and that's been completed in building repairs and tree work that we needed to do from the storm to protect our pump stations is ongoing and has been done. And we hope to get out. Uh, we're going to do our cleaning in the spring. It's just working out better for the the our, our sewer line cleaning in the spring. Um, we usually try to do that in the fall. We're going to do it in the spring this year. We're going to go out, look for some pricing and some more competitive companies. But we're going to do some root treatment in the areas that we, we started, um, which is a foaming um, type of treatment. We're going to probably go out this fall and do those areas again. And that um, gives us that five-year guarantee. Um, that we don't have any issues. Uh, so we certainly want to continue that program, and it's been very beneficial. We've ran some cameras down areas that we did it, and we see no um, root generation in those areas. So it's a good program, and I think we're going to continue that to keep our sewer system clean and working properly. Uh, water, uh, monitoring our well every day uh, during these drought conditions, and luckily enough, um, I did, you know, MDC is reporting that they're still in, in fairly good shape, which is good because they supply an awful lot of water to us, as well as our well subsidizes that, and our levels in our well seem to be good too. So we're monitoring. We're running it when we feel it's necessary. We had to make some repairs um, over the past week, which turned out to be not as great as we thought, which is a good thing. So our well is uh, is that, that staff is, is just continuing to monitor that, making repairs as needed throughout the town. Reading is going on now. You'll see um, a little later than normal. Just had some issues to go through. We're still fighting through with that, but our reading is ongoing. So you'll see our staff out there, and they should be properly identified. And just to let um, those who may listen to this podcast, you know, we may be doing some weekend work, so they might be out on a half a day Saturday. We have to kind of catch up here, and unfortunately that might require a little later day or maybe a half day on Saturday when we're doing our rounds anyway. So you might see some foot activity of people kind of reading your meters when they're normally not doing that. So, Although I think everybody that's been home, working home, has been introduced to our, our personnel now um, that may not have ever met them <laughs> because they're working from home, so that's a good thing. Hydrant painting is important for us, and we're doing maintenance on those. That's a program that I started. We're probably well over 70% complete, which is a really good thing. So hopefully those newly painted hydrants and maintained hydrants not only look better, but they're better for our public safety um, when we need them. Transfer Station is working hard, very busy down there, as, uh, and most of their time they're mitigating the, the enormous amount of brush that's coming in and maintaining you know, the ins and outs of our garbage and recycling. So those two 
you know, staff members down there are doing a great job uh, to continue that. Grounds has been busy, even though the grass is not growing in certain areas, areas that have been irrigated is. So they're continuing to work there um, hard, and they're doing some other projects that they've been able to fit in um, between. And now, you know, they have the park um, on Route 17, so they're trying to uh, work on scheduling there. We've been working very close with the supervisor, Nate Strykars, and he's you know, really taking that under his wing down there and, and, you know, making sure that he closes out the year in a positive note and we're taking some responsibilities of the fields over and making sure that those are establishing the way um, they need to and, you know, working on some of the perimeter areas that have some overgrowth and trying to get that place dialed in. And as we learn more about it as we go, then, you know, our scheduling will change for, for that facility, which it's a lot. And, you know, they're looking forward to kind of, being able to be the guys that are going to maintain it to do it their way. So looking forward to that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So uh, on the public work side, you know, that's, we're busy. Um, and we continue to get great support from the community. And I, I, I thank them all for that, stopping and thanking the guys for what they do each and every day, especially during this time. It's difficult. We're doing our best with all the precautions that we have and trying to do that physical work that we have to do is difficult. Summer was extremely hard with the high heat, uh, masks, and, and doing what we needed to do. But they did it every single day and uh, didn't complain and just moved forward. They're grateful um, to have positions and jobs, and especially during this difficult time. So Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they all are doing a yeoman's job. Uh, any bridge updates? Yeah, uh, meetings last week went very well. Bridges per uh, proceeding very well. It's on schedule. Portland side is, uh, I believe they're into paving this week. Actually, the deck is complete. You're going to see the structures that are up for not only the uh, the railing portion of the sidewalk, but the extensions too for some additional improvements, I think, that are going to be related to fencing. Uh, that's all done. Uh, I believe they were going to pave our deck on our side. And the schedule uh, still, if everything goes well on the Middletown side, um, is to move that uh, traffic pattern by the 17th of December, which will push the vehicles in one direction on both sides of the bridge, and they'll work the center. The center will be a quick, as I stated before, will be a quicker, much quicker process. No, There's no sidewalks involved. It's just decking and paving and any improvements that have to be made there. They hope to be um, done by that, done with that process by April, and then transitioning over to the um, eastern side of the bridge. Sure, sure. Say. So things are good there, and improvements in Middletown have picked up as well. Absolutely. A lot of materials have come in for the bump-outs, and they're making good progress down in St. John's Square. Right. I know we had a, a serious accident over the weekend. We did. Yeah. We had that accident that we hoped that we wouldn't have, um, and uh, unfortunately it was involving a motorcycle and a vehicle, and um, it, you know there was critical injuries there, um, but... Uh, it caused about a two-and-a-half-hour closure of the bridge, um, which was its difficult on a Sunday. There's a lot of traffic on the road. I unfortunately got stuck in it on the other side of the bridge. Um, but uh, it was a Middletown call on their side. We assisted uh, on the Portland side um, with the landing of the uh, Lifestar um, and transport onto our side, and uh, that worked out very well. We work well with our mutual aid partners. That has a lot to do with the pre-planning that we've done since the original bridge project. And without a, a strike of the pen, just a push of a button, that those plans come into action when we need them. 
and we had a designated LSD site. We've had it for years, and uh, there was no issues related to trying to make those decisions when they were so um, involved in patient care. It's just to request what we've planned. So we're very happy that uh, that worked well, and we hope the best for those involved. We haven't heard much um, on anything else there, but... Um, right, right. Slow down. Pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. Our call volume's up. Our motor vehicle accident call volume is up. People are back out on the road. They need to remember to slow down. If they haven't been driving much, they don't need to get to places quickly. They need to get there alive. So um, we need to make sure that people are obeying their traffic and their crosswalks, and we've seen an uptick in Main Street speed. We should ask people to, you know, please just just slow down and, and uh, enjoy your trip and leave earlier if you have to, and, um, you know, don't put someone else's life in jeopardy um, because you're late. Exactly. Please don't, especially around the bridge. Great. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, we should be all set there. Uh, and again, thanks for all the great work uh, you and your staff are doing. And yeah, uh, They're I know great you... guys. Everybody from fire to public works, I'm lucky to have them all. So great. Uh, anything else, Susan, that we need to, need to go over? I think those were excellent reports, uh, awesome. both from Russ and Bob. And uh, thank you to everybody. Everybody's doing such a great job. Our listeners, I know everyone's following all of these recommendations and the numbers are down, and that's good, and we don't want them to go up. So let's keep it keep it going. Absolutely. All right. I think that uh, uh, concludes our episode number 23. <laughs> we got to look up at the board here right. uh, to go over there. But, uh, again, uh, uh, there's links to our website uh, or on our website for all our podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we do post-process these, so again, so we can get them over onto the uh, uh, Comcast network and public access uh, as far as that goes. So uh, until, uh, I think we're going to go uh, every two weeks, is that? Yeah, that sounds yeah. Uh, like a uh, good plan. Uh, so next next week, we're going to be doing our Portland School District uh, with Dr. Charles Britton and our uh, Eric Martin, who is the... Uh, uh, the technology and uh, uh, curriculum director uh, and so forth. So they uh, will be probably uh, coming in the studio next week and uh, updating us on the Portland school system. So uh, until uh, two weeks, uh, please, uh, on all of us here uh, at the Town of Portland podcast, stay home, stay safe, and uh, wash your hands. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Dave Kosminski. Please tune in every week for new and relevant conversations about the town of Portland. You can find us at portlandct.org or at YouTube forward slash town of Portland. And now wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing with friends. This podcast was produced by the Town Tech Educational Partnership Program, which is a partnership between Portland High School and the Portland Town Hall. If you're looking to start a podcast for your business or organization, check out towntech.org forward slash podcast to learn more.